Welcome to Spritz and Scrums, a podcast by three Benetton fans with a love for Aperol and all things Rugby Italiano. After putting 50 points on Romania, Italy must be ready for the Rugby World Cup, right? Guys? Right, I'm just going to jump in here because we haven't got long. I'm going to give my diatribe of what happened. Italy beat Romania 57 points to seven. On the face of it, that is a massive win. There is no denying that Italy outclassed Romania, which is good news. There is no denying that Italy showed some very good things. Good news. But... Romania got a red card very early on. At one point, they were down to 13 players. Italy weren't clinical for most of the game. No, I'm not overly happy with what we saw. So welcome back, guys. I'm Ellie. I'm Eddie. And they call me coach. And that was Eddie's summary of this weekend's game. I was looking for a word, emphatic. Emphatic. As in the win wasn't emphatic in the way that you No, I was going to say it was emphatic, but the word escaped me. So it was an emphatic win. Well, 50 points is 50 points. There's no denying that's that's good. That's great. But objectively, I mean, we sort of said this pre-coming on air, I think they would have put 50 points on that side in that situation, the situation being that they spent... 70 minutes of the game with 14 men and some minutes of the game in 13 men, they would have done that with one hand behind their backs. There were some very good passages of play. Italy scored some very good tries. Mm-hmm. I think they scored nine tries. And there were some standout players who actually did very, very well. Yes, there were. But before we get onto all that, what I found, my overriding feeling was one of, because... We've been talking about Italian rugby and we've been saying for a long time and Kieran Crowley's been saying it's not so much about the result, it's about the performance. Mm -hmm. The result of that game was never in doubt. Georgia pumped Romania, what, a week ago, two weeks ago, by almost an identical scoreline. The USA beat Romania. A Romanian side that doesn't know who its starting scrum half and starting fly half even is and has gone through about 10 variations of 9 and 10s over the past however many months. Italy had superior players. They were better drilled. They were more fit. It was basically an international side playing against a side which would be messing around in National Division 1. It was never in doubt the result was going to go Italy's way, but we're not talking about the result. In the same way we don't talk about the result when they played the All Blacks, we talk about the performance. And the performance, for me, was lacking. And Kieran Crowley said the same, right? Like, you know, and you could tell that from most of the players at the end, like the seasoned ones. Obviously, a win is a win, and a win is great. And they need that. They needed the win. They got the win. They got a good win in terms of results, numbers on the scoreboard. But you could tell that, you know, the Negris, even though he got player of the match, like he was sat on the bench and he looked like a bit uncomfortable, like at the end with kind of just the amount of errors that were happening. And it was um, close to 20 knock-ons from yeah, Italy. It was, 
insane totally insane um and i get that the pitch was a disaster the pitch was a disaster but still yeah so kieran crowley said you know let, we'd be lying if we said that the performance was good like let's be honest the performance was not great um and what i think sorry no what i was just gonna say and what you wanted to see was a great solid performance where the basics were done well and unfortunately for me the basics were bit of a shit show i could sum up the game in one passage of play which world rugby everyone's sharing because it's two of capozzo's tries one of them is a length of the pitch try but what happened to get to that try was romania kicked over the top Montioni didn't really know what to do with the ball passed it to capozzo capozzo didn't know what to do passed it back to monty Mont this is all in the 22 didn't know what to do eventually sebastian negri gets it he takes it in we're in for an exit alessandro garbisi passes it to paolo garbisi who has his kick charged down against a tier one nation against france or new zealand that probably leads to conceding a try but capozzo picks it up and runs the length of the pitch and scores a wonder try because they were outclassing the opposition. But you should not have your kicks charged down. You should not be missing the touchline with your penalties. You should not be missing as many conversions as was missed. You should not be dropping the ball as much as you, they were. You should not be conceding as many turnovers as they were. You should not have your captain get a yellow card for not being able to defend a mall against a tier two nation who is a man down and it's a second row who they're missing. None of these things are acceptable, really. You should not be throwing forward passes all the time. You should not be kicking it straight to their fullback. You should not be slipping all over the place. You can do that if you are a much better athlete than the team you're playing. Like They were infinitely better athletes. It was an international side against a national division one side, basically. Romania probably wouldn't cut it in the championship. So the result was never in doubt. But when people say they wanted a cutthroat performance, they wanted a performance that really showed what Italy can do, that's not what happened. There were a couple of passages of brilliant plays. I mean, straight off the back of the scrum, a wonderful try from Paolo Adogu in the corner. And then there's uh, lots of tries which look lovely on a highlights reel. But there's also highlights that you don't see, which are the tries that are absolutely butchered. All the time that Romania cut completely through them like a knife through butter, and then they knocked it on over the line. So I'm, I'm very torn because obviously the most important thing is that Italy absolutely pumped Romania and got a, a massive win and that's fantastic but it looked to me a bit scrappy to me the red card screwed everyone on both sides it meant that italy sort of started seeing gaps and thinking that everyone was a wing and that what they'd practiced didn't matter so they could just basically everyone was in it for themselves and obviously this is the last game before the selection of 33 comes out so everyone's trying to prove a point I think that did play into it as well right like oh gosh right this is my opportunity to really shine and to do something special and that urge to impress probably came out even more with four, when they were faced with 14 men because there were gaps everywhere and so just it felt like a, a very disjointed team it was not the Italy that we're used to because everyone was having a go and obviously that's great and yeah again you're going to score those tries because you're playing against the team that you're playing against but the basics were a shambles yeah for me it highlighted two things the thing that they always do which is they try and run everything from everywhere 
And that's why we were getting so many knock-ons. That's why they were dropping so many balls. They weren't getting any structure because their natural route one is to play from everywhere. And that's what happened. They ran it from everywhere. And that made more chances that they were going to drop the ball was going to be more likely. And um, even more so than usual, because normally they play phase play and they try and run it from everywhere. But here they were trying to run everything off phase one. Every single thing was look up. Oh, there's a space. I'm better than that guy. I'm going to skin him or I'm going to run over that person. You know, that's what they were doing off the first phase. They gave up quite quickly on actually doing phase one, phase two. Oh, look, there's some space and we scored in the corner. And if it was the All Blacks playing Romania, that's all they would be doing. It would be just phase one, phase two, phase three, score. Phase one, phase two, phase three, score. Whereas Italy were trying to score on the first phase. Yeah. It was literally like watching Fiji play sevens. Yeah. But you can't yeah. do that when there's 15 people on the pitch and the sun's in your eyes and it's 30 degrees and the pitch is holding together as well as a beach. <laughs> yeah, but it, it also highlights the second thing, which is, and they're linked, they're linked together. They can't seem to play where they want to play because they're running it from everywhere. They're not getting into the territory that they need to, which is the opposition's yeah. 22. And it's and it just shows again, because instead of running it from your 22, you should be kicking and putting pressure into their, to their corners and then finishing it off with their excellent attack line. And the, they just couldn't do that. And they couldn't do that when there was no pressure on them. Well, they couldn't or they wouldn't, because that's what annoyed me. It's like they, we they know. can't. I just think they can't do it. I don't well, think. Well, I, yeah, I, I mean, we've just got it in the positive, But yeah, I, I think there's something in that, to be honest, because it was in the Six Nations against France where, you know, people were saying Italy looked like they're learning how to do an exit as if it's their first day on the job and they weren't aware it was something they had to do. We've now moved on quite a long time and I'm still seeing very similar things but why simon zebo said in the um england ireland game the rule about uh I'm not going to do his accent <laughs> say, he said the rule of running it out of your 22 is if you think you can get to the halfway line then go for it i think that's a nice rule of thumb but mm -hmm. it doesn't explain and, and quite often monty and capozzo and people were going for it fine doesn't explain how garbisi gets a kick charge down doing a simple exit every time they get into their 22 they're under pressure and like, you know, they get away with it. They've got some quick players. But the amount of times that Monty's running backwards, literally backwards to run around people, as opposed to actually doing a normal exit. And that's fine. That's the way they play. I'm not against that. But you should, I don't understand why you wouldn't use this opportunity also to practice well, doing it properly. That's what, um, for for all of the, the commentators' fun that we had listening to them, and I'm sure coach will pick up on a couple of things that they said um one of the things that um they said towards the sort of middle of the second half like 20 minutes left in the game they were like i wonder if you know since they've got this game in the bag now Italy are going to start kicking more because obviously in light of their upcoming game something they're gonna need to start practicing and like really nailing down is their defense so i wonder if now we're going to see them kick more so that they get a chance to really push that defense and practice that defense no nothing it is like when we were training, when we were young bucks, Eddie. It was like we were they were doing walkthroughs for the game at the weekend, and the explicit rule from the coach was no kicking, just play. That's what it felt like. It was a bit like that. And again, I just bring it back to the performance because we the result is obviously incredibly positive. You know, yes. they and really it's good. they put and a is... big score on, and it's a massive win. And then hopefully they'll beat Japan, and then hopefully they'll beat Namibia and Uruguay. And by the time they end up playing France and New Zealand, they'll have a bunch of wins. Yeah. recent wins and they'll be flying high and they'll be able to go and compete and we wouldn't be annoyed about this if we didn't think they were all really good yeah well. 
you know so, yeah i'm i'm just a little bit disappointed because we know they can do way better than they than we saw we know that that was disappointing having but said it, that it, it's your internal it's your internal is what 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 frustrates me is it's that how is paolo garbisi missing the touchline with a penalty kick in a game that has no pressure multiple times like how is that possible? Because if you you're demanding standards of yourself, you're demanding standards of your other players. What went wrong that he's not able to make touch on basic penalties? How does a captain get a yellow card for bringing down a more? I mean, I think that would have been any of them, right? They just happened to be him. But yeah, agreed. I mean, again, like the one time they had to defend, they gave away a penalty try. Like their real only time that they actually and, probably and then had to defend. Italy haven't been scoring at the end of games, and they've been. You know, they've lost famously against Scotland twice at the death. And you think maybe this is an opportunity for Italy to turn that around. Italy scored a try in the 72nd minute and then didn't score again for the rest of the game. And there was one team that looked like scoring at the end there. And it was Romania. Romania cut through and fumbled it on the Italian try line. But that would have been, that's the story again. A, a tier one nation would have finished that try. Mm. Anyway, there were some great, great uh I was very happy with some performances. Yes, let's let's talk about the good because it sounds like it's all gloom and doom, but we caveat this by saying that obviously the result is the most important thing because at the end of the day, in, in light of what's coming up, it is the most important thing. It was important for both the new guys who, new guys both got a try, brilliant, and like the younger ones to just get that feeling of like, great, okay, that was solid. Like we got it solid in terms of the, the scoreboard great you know morale is is a wonderful thing and and just sports is a mental game so having that win is the most important thing we're just saying that it was frustrating because i think they could have put 100 points on them um and they they squandered quite a lot that's but, the kind of cutthroat performance i think they i mean if georgia put 50 points on them with 15 men italy could and should have put close to 100 with 14 slash 13 men so I don't think that sound that that's that's disrespectful. I think unfortunately Romania were dealt a really shitty hand with that red card. It was a, it, honestly a disaster for them. But let's talk about the good stuff because there was good stuff. So first one for me is Ivan Nemer. Right, <laughs> he's back. Back from a ban. Obviously he was banned for a pretty bad racist incident at Benetton last December. First game back was against Romania. He was awesome on the pitch. Yeah. The first thing he did was some really slick hands out the back. And the second thing he did was one a turnover penalty. And it's like this guy hasn't even been training with the teams properly. I don't know how he's managed to do it. But yeah. within that 40 minutes, a couple of hands later on weren't perfect. But I saw enough to go, he's getting on the plane. Yeah, I, in my too. opinion, he absolutely gets on the plane. The scrum was solid with him yeah. on the left. Yeah. He can play yeah. anywhere in the front row. He was and... going in for all the jackals he could. No, he was great. Uh, Eddie made this point and, uh, while we were watching the game, coach, and I, I thought about it. I was like, well, I hadn't thought about it. He said, obviously, you know, this is Nema's first game, but not only was he banned from playing, he was banned all this time from, from training with the team. So how has he kept this his skill level and fitness, I guess you can do on your own, but like just skill level up to come out the blocks like that. That was seriously impressive. He's probably feeling probably a tad embarrassed when he's probably been secretly training, maybe. Oh yeah. But also- what, with, with just like randoms. 
Well, you've got a point to prove, haven't you? Not only have you got some extremely serious PR problems, but you've, you've also got to prove your worth on the pitch. He's probably yeah. in the gym. He's probably been throwing the ball around in the park. He's probably been doing quite a lot of things, obviously, because that was a ridiculous performance. And also probably thanking his lucky stars that he's able to play because at the time when the incident happened, most people were thinking, well, that should be him fired and gone forever. But I actually think in hindsight, the uh, FIR made the absolute correct decision in handling it the way that they did because he's a young man and it seems that he's learned from his mistakes and everything, all the courses he went through, the volunteer work he's done. There's articles out there on it. Feel free, everyone, to go and read them. But it seems like, you know, I think that's that's what, if it was my my child, that's what I'd want. I would want them yeah. to come out of it a better person rather than just being labelled and... and immediately cancelled forever for what he knows was a pretty shitty thing. Anyway. So he had a great game. Um, Capuazzo also had objectively a great game because he was recovering stuff. Like every time there was a kind of handling error or whatever, he was managing to kind of get the ball out and make make great ground. Charging um, around. The metres made in this game by Italy were about one and a half kilometres. Insane. Um, which again, that's how wonderful. But again, that frustrates me when you've got a scoreline of 57. It's like, well, where were you running? Oh, it's because you kept dropping it. Anyway, uh, this is way too negative. Look, they won. They smashed it. They proved themselves to be more athletic and better rugby players. And they'll take this positivity and know what they did right. And they know what they did wrong. And I'm fully expecting them to do a number on Japan and to go into the World Cup with huge optimism and on the front foot. But any of the top teams, Ireland, the All Blacks, even England, who suck, I think would have been better at putting Romania away than Italy were. The top flight teams going into the second half would probably have sat down in the changing rooms and gone, right, we're pretty comfortable that we're going to win this. We should probably use this as a training run. Yeah. And work on our structure because these these games are essentially, they are friendlies. This isn't a bonus point thing. Use this to learn something. For all their possession, as you've said, coach, territory was 50-50. I mean, the other thing you could say is that maybe they weren't giving anything away. Maybe they don't want other teams to see everything they've got and there might have been flashes of it. I just think that their attack isn't something that they need to work on, I don't think. What they need to work on is the structure. Yeah. Maybe a bit bit more of their defence, but they need to be more comfortable knowing that they can get out of their 22 yeah. without having to run absolutely everything. But the defence as well, I, mean, I don't want to sound too negative, but the amount of times that Romania went through them or over them, Romania cut them open many times. And there's clips of, you know, interceptions, there's clips of people being stepped. And then Italy's scrambling defence was always good enough to make up for it. Of course, because they were better athletes. And more but, of them on the pitch. But if you were playing a tier one team, your scrambling defence is not going to be able to get the job done. You have to stop them at the beginning. The try that they scored came from a kick over the top where there was acres of space, Capuzzo wasn't there, Capuzzo tried to keep it in and ended up taking it out himself, and then a maul, which then Italy weren't able to handle the driving maul. But it, that's that's compounded errors. That was compounded errors against a Tier 2 nation. That, that's what frustrates me. It's, 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 that's the kind of performance I'm talking about. I'm talking about pretend no one's watching and I'm just going to do my job as well as I can do. Yes. Now, I have often said this, regardless of sport, what sport it is, that often when you play against somebody who is worse than you, you play worse. 
in the same way that if you play against somebody who's better than you, you play better. I think that's something I've always believed. Um, and I think this was also an example of that. All of the basics went out the window because they were playing against somebody who didn't have structure and basics. Um, that's not an excuse. I, I just think that often happens. The, the end of the first half, Romania scored, yellow card. The first play of the second half, Italy cocked up the restart. That's the kind of thing. So what? how are you doing that? How are you cocking up the restart immediately? You're not focused on this, are you? But be positive. <laughs> Should do five minutes of positivity. There were positives because they did put 50 points on them. Yeah, it was an entertaining game. But most of the carriers came from the backs, which is, as a winger, I enjoyed watching the running game. Yeah. Um, the dog we got his first know, try. Did you enjoy that? I did. I also enjoyed that wasn't too many injuries. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And Capuazzo seems to be fighting fit, which is good news. It is good Line news. out worked well. Yeah. And Monty was being Monty, just tearing <laughs> it up. So very enjoyable game. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. When when tries were being scored and things sort of went their way, it was it was fun to watch. It was the first win in what, two hundred and eighty odd days, they said. So it's been a while since We've had a win. Interesting what's going on in that midfield with Marisi and Brex. It wasn't the best game to really test that out or to see exactly how that would work against better opposition. I thought Tommaso Allen was, again, very, very good when he came on. I was yeah. excited to see Fusco on the wing. Pani was good when he came on. I thought, well, I don't know. Alessandro Garbisi had a pretty good game, but it wasn't a great one to really test him. But he was running around in open play very positively. Yeah, he was busting holes, um, and I thought him working with Paolo was good. Fun for them. How fun. How sweet. How lovely. Mm. The question now is, which scrum half do you leave? Well, we're Barney. <laughs> for me, I think Alessandro Garbisi is still the one that doesn't go. I think mm. maybe you're right. I, I would maybe go that way. Also because he's young, you know, well, there'll be World Cups But maybe they coming. need Alessandro Garbisi to go just to keep Paolo Garbisi in a good mood. <laughs> Look, let's be honest. After that performance, and we said that the Romania game wasn't going to be the performance that you can really, like, put your fly half to the test. But, again, talking about the basics, I'm standing by my original point of two, three, four weeks ago. I am starting Tommy Allen. The minute Tommy Allen came on, the backs had structure. There were points left out there by by Paolo the other day that are just not okay. Loads. Um, there, was, there, there was some, yeah, some of those kicks were pretty, yeah. And let's not forget that Tommaso Allen hasn't missed a kick in, yeah. in either of the 160 minutes he played beforehand. This is so. my point. He's like, practice the hell out of your kicking and you'll start. And look, I'm starting him. And I and I can't believe I'm saying this, but I have no... It's not even like, oh, he's the best of two shitty options. I actually think he's, he's doing really well. I, yeah, mm. I have no issues with starting him. I thought Dino Lamb was very good. Yeah, I've been very impressed with Dino Lam actually since he's come in. I thought he was good in his first game. I thought he was very good in this game. Me too. It was really nice to see Paolo Adogo as well, running around, getting involved, scoring a try. What's great about Lam was that, you know, Rutzer was missing basically for that game or most of that game. Um, and you didn't feel that absence and he's so important. So obviously, again, it wasn't the toughest of games, but... I think Lam had a great game. Yeah, another positive note is on, on Amazon, I didn't get any adult nappy adverts. Well done. <laughs> what? It was incontinent for men. They're like, 
adult nappies. Who's advertising them? Oh, I know that one. It's sort of a man yeah. posing. Oh, yeah, that's right. oh, but there wasn't there wasn't any on that game, but on the England game, yeah, there was. There was which a dude. says everything about the audience of the England crowd. <laughs> They're all sixty years old. Yeah, I did see that ad. It's a dude who then goes like, "Hang on, let me get a bit more comfortable," and he just gets strips down to to his pants, his incontinent pants. Yeah, so there's none of that. So I'm glad Eddie said that. Because yeah. I was worried that I was just targeted for that. Having watched England, Ireland, slightly different Ireland side, but I think you can say that Italy's performance against Ireland was brilliant, despite the score much better. You know, that Italy scored tries against Scotland, scored tries against Ireland, which is something that England and Wales don't seem to be able to do. And I think it's almost six hours since an English back has scored a try for England. Six hours of gameplay. Yeah. yeah, almost six hours of gameplay since the feels longer. Scored. <laughs> well, Italy lost by a smaller margin than England against Ireland. So there's that. And I dare say Ireland played better against Italy. Yeah. But yeah, guys, one more warm up game to go and then we're into the World Cup. I think Kieran's got to cut this team down, got to lose three players. I think that's being announced in a couple of days. So it'll be interesting to see who's going and who's staying. No, we'll discuss it because it all depends on, oh, I think one of the scrum halves will probably go, Alessandro, and then I don't know. I'd have to look at the whole the whole list of players. But It's it quite was... interesting because they've only played at fly half. They've only got two. They've only got Paolo and Tommy, and they haven't given DeRay any time. No, I'm surprised by that, and I think it's quite risky. I think um, it's quite risky. Because there's no, there's no other backup. Either. There's no Padovani or someone knocking around who also does that position. So yeah. maybe it's, it's, a, it's a high role, isn't it? Because it's probably saying that maybe DeRay's not good enough at 10 to beat France or New Zealand. So there's no point having him there anyway. Because if it comes to that, if you've lost Garbisi and Allen. That's true. You'd be losing them after the first game or two. So yeah, uh, Woody, let's let's just quickly have a look. They've come off a win, a 50-point win. We're playing at Japan on Saturday. What do you do? What are we thinking? What's he going to do? Play his, like, top, top, top number one team? I think against Japan, you play your top, 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 top. Play your absolute best. Yeah, the risk of a loss right now would be very bad. Mm. Yeah. Losing mm-hmm. against Japan would take all the, the wind out of their sails. Uh, a win against Japan gives them loads of confidence. And it's also a really good opposition to get that team super gelled and running like a well-oiled machine. So, yeah, I think against Japan, you put out your A team. That's when you show your cards. So what, like a Nama, Nigatara, Fischetti? I think Neymar needs time, so I'd definitely have him on. I'd probably bring him on towards the second half, though. Yeah. But no, I'd start with um, Fischetti, Nicotera, and uh, probably Ferrari. Ferrari, yeah. Then Canone, Ruzza. Then I'd go Negri, Lamaro, I don't know, Halafi. Halafi had a banger. I thought Halafi, he had a great game back. Um, then, then I'd go Fusco, Garbisi. Oh, not uh, Yeah, I'd, I'd okay. give him another go. Okay. Not quite the World Cup yet. Um, the centres. You know, I didn't see enough of those centres against Romania, so maybe I'd try that again. I'd go Marisi, Brex. Brex, who started apparently 25 of the last 27 Italian test matches. He's a machine. And then I would keep the back three that we just had. Aone, Pozzo, Adogwu, the bench, Nemma, Fiverr, Riccione, Lamb, Lorenzo, 
Canone. Giuliani. Giuliani. And then... Who's your backup scrum half? Oh, it's tough. Uh, I don't think um, Stephen Varney is sort of an impact player. I think you start him no. from the beginning or you don't play him at all. So actually, I'd probably have Garbisi on the bench. Actually, No, but I've just said... No, I'd have... No, no, no. What am I talking about? I'd have Pedrello on the bench because yeah. he needs to show a bit more. Yeah. And then um, I would have Panny. Okay. So Tommy Allen's not playing. Oh, but, oh no, fine. <laughs> I, I, no, you're right. No, I, yeah, I'd have Tommaso Allen on the bench. You have to, otherwise it's going to happen to your fly half. You've got no one in a game that you must win. So, yeah, yeah. I'd have Pedrello and Tommaso Allen on the bench. Or I start Tommaso Allen at 10. I put Garbisi at 12. And then I have Marisi on the bench. And, uh, no, I, I still have... Basically, I'd put I'd put them both on the pitch, and then I would hook whoever is the shittest. <laughs> and they know that at sixty minutes, one of you getting the one of you's getting the hook. And whichever one it is, you'll know it's because you are the shitter one. Yeah, I'm not sure that's actually how to win friends and influence people. <laughs> Great coaching is that? Is that what a coach would do, coach? Yeah, <laughs> you've got to. I'm surprised they don't do that more. I reckon they subtly say that. I, they they definitely do that in the England camp. Because they all they all look miserable as hell. They do all look miserable. It's not working. Whatever they're saying to them in the England camp. I bet they do whispers at you, like if you screw this up. And that's why Ben Earls just cheers for anything good. Yeah. Since England, Wales, and Australia fired their coaches, they've won five Test matches between them. Three of them were in games where England played Wales. <laughs> Unfortunately, the other two were against Italy. It's mm. a good fact. Yeah. That is mad. Well, we'll be there next week, won't we? We'll be there. I can't wait. Can you wait, coach? I can't. I need a holiday. But, well, it's not just a holiday, though, is it? You're there to work. (laughs) My holidays don't normally involve cardio. Hmm. 30 degree heat. You've been training? I have. I went for a cycle this morning, 20 miles. I didn't even know you had a bike. Well, I've got bikes. What about mountain? Mountain and road. Mountain and road, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, and when do they see the mountains or the road? Well, they've never seen either of those things, really, (laughs) but they were were impulse purchases. I know one of your bicycles very well. One of your bicycles? Uh, You sound like some elite athlete. That one one got stolen. The person who stole it almost definitely died. Yeah, it's (laughs) cursed. It's a cursed bike. I borrowed his bike to go get fish and chips at university, cycling down a hill. Just as I got to the point where I thought, if I crash now, I'd be screwed. The road bent and I tried to slow down, but one of the brakes didn't work. So it was only the rear wheel locking up, nothing, locking up, nothing, locking up, nothing. I hit the pavement. I hit a wall. I rolled about 15 feet. I got up. My watch was smashed. My jeans had been torn into. I had no skin on my arm. Blood absolutely everywhere. I still went to the fish and chips. I bought the fish and chips. They asked me what happened. I said I had a bike accident. They thought I meant a motorbike. <laughs> and then I took the fish and chips back victorious. Wait, you cycled home? Uh, Yeah. Back up uphill. the hill? Uphill, slowly with the fish and chips. He went into the chip shop covered in blood. I was 18 <laughs> years old. 18-year-olds bounce. If it happened now, I'd still be in hospital. But at 18, you sort of roll around. You, you, you still got sort of like baby limbs, haven't you, at 18? They're sort of rubbery. He came yeah. back looking like, I'm not joking, like a bear had mould him. <laughs> and he just had a nice... And then <laughs> had mould him and not eaten the fish and chips. <laughs> carrying a little bag of chips. Like, and it's just... It was one of the most funny... It was the funniest thing I've probably ever seen. 
just sitting there smoking by the window. And, then... and I apologise for crashing your bike. I should have fucking sued you. <laughs> but I should have done. Those, those brakes were not very good. You're just <laughs> an incompetent driver. It's a hill that everyone knows. That hill was not a surprise. It was raining. It was raining. Yeah. But the, the, the bike was perfect and he scuffed it to hell. <laughs> Stolen now. Um, Wait, who cursed. stole it? Why would anyone steal it? It was a mess. I know someone stole it when I was working in Leeds. But I've got another one now. You know. Good. Well, good. Uh, I'm glad to hear that you've been working out. That's important ahead of this weekend. Moving on. What made Coach mad this week? Well, there's the commentary of the game this weekend but steady, i don't want to steady I don't, steady i don't want to get cancelled no i think um, you can you can you know if, if you have specifics that annoyed you no because <laughs> in today's world <laughs> in today's world it'll be taken out of context even though i'm 100 correct no the thing that pissed me off in the last week well sorry no what made me mad in the last week and it's an ongoing thing Eddie's heard this before. It's apparently stoic managers of rugby teams. Oh, Obviously, yeah. Eddie Jones has had a bit of a breakdown this week. Mm-hmm. We've had Farrell being moody. We've got Borthwick, who's just moody. I mean, most most managers are moody. And I'm kind of tired of it. They're unbearable. And that's why you as a coach, you want to do the opposite. You're, you're a joyful man. As a manager of quite a few people, 20 it's not been unknown for me to manage more than 20 people. That's your max. And uh, Yeah, 20 is my max. And as just a natural leader, a born leader of men, I'm sick of this thing where they're so stoic that they conflate seriousness with professionalism, and it does my head in. I just get the feeling that they just hide behind being miserable and serious, and that that's enough to lead people. You know, it's, it's a fun job. It's not like they're in charge of a Fortune 500 company. And even those people are charismatic. They look like farmers (laughs) after a shit harvest. (laughs) Yeah, that's a really good point, actually. It should be a really fun job. Um, It's the best job. But lots of them have got it. Lots of them have got it. Ronan O'Gara, he's always got a glint in his eye. Uh, Roundtree, glint in his eye. Razor, it's there. Yeah, so I think it, it, it is possible. To not be miserable, is what you're saying. Yeah, but I, I think I understand what coach is saying. It's almost like it's almost like a performative grumpiness. It's like yeah. a sort of this is how I show that I am an alpha male in charge of this establishment. I am gonna be really pissy about this. Well, my mom said this the other day. It's like whenever like the best way to pretend that you're busy or that you're important is to look annoyed at work. That wasn't your mum. That was Seinfeld. It's <laughs> the guy with glasses of Seinfeld. <laughs> What's yeah, his name? George. George. It's George of Seinfeld. So maybe your mum got it from them. Maybe they got it from your mum. Yeah, maybe. But do they do they get media trained, these managers? Yeah, but, but the media training person is exactly the same. They look like you've just asked them at a press conference, even though everyone knows what a press conference is. They'll ask them a question and they'll answer it like you've asked them, what time is your mum's funeral? <laughs> like, they give them that look of like, oh. Ooh, you know oh. who's not you know who's not like that not like that at all uh and he will be england coach manager one day pat sanderson at sale he seems to have always got the line of like this is serious this is our job we're professional at this but it is a game yeah because it is 
is a game. No one's going to die. It's basically the entertainment business. Yeah, and they sit there with their laptops like they're trading the Nasdaq. How many laptops do you need, mate? <laughs> he's tired. You can see he's tired. Look, he's tired. <laughs> Get him off. Why are you trading Bitcoin? <laughs> Why are you so angry? Yeah, like the level of stress is like you're flying a man to the moon. Particularly at club level. Club level's worse than international because internationally you've only got very few opportunities to show what you can do. And, you know, they, they hire and fire very quickly in, in rugby internationally. But if you're the coach, head coach of a club, I don't know. I think that's a good one. I think that's a good one. I thought you were going to say that what made you mad was that San Benedetto del Tronto, which is where the game was played this weekend, has a monument dedicated to seagulls. Yeah, whoever's the PR guy for um, seagulls is, it deserves a raise. I've never spoken about seagulls so much in my life. They're everywhere. A monument dedicated to them. They're doing something right. If that's publicly funded money, they should be protesting in the street. <laughs> who? who the, well, how does a statue get built in a square? Someone's paid for it. Who's paid for that? The Italian taxpayer. But another coach that doesn't have the um, grumpiness was Michael Bradley. Remember, he did some commentary for URC games. The ex-Zebra coach. Ex-Zebra coach. And he has, his, listening to him do commentary is like ASMR. It's like a relaxing video. But he's the opposite. He's almost like too softly spoken. He's too like, is he Irish? Yeah, you'd have like a yeah. Yeah. Irish accent. It's just hard like this. And you're just like, you're, just hang, the... on. hang on, you're the coach? Give me more. Yeah, they just need to cheer up a bit. I think it's because they know that they're, their qualifications aren't transferable into the real world. Like, I don't think they'd be qualified to run a McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what qualifications did they have? Well, managers of people in, you know, high pressure situations. Even behind the scenes, it's just like, they're just miserable all the time. Like, at least Clive Woodward has that executive approach to it, where he sits you down, he talks to you, and just, he, he just explains everything. He's got that corporate... He's, he was the perfect guy. But he came from business. If you ever read his autobiography, from business into rugby management. And that's and that's how you lead that's how you lead people, is that you've also got to be worth following. You've got to like the person, essentially. You this know, like, this whole I know he's gone off alpha the rails granddad vibe is just it's just but boring. Clive Woodward said something in his autobiography which stuck with me forever. And I think about it all the time. No, actually, you know, it wasn't in his autobiography. It was in that documentary from I think two thousand and two inside England rugby, I think it was. But he was saying, you know, what most rugby coaches do is if they win a game, they're out on the piss, everyone's having a good time. If they lose a game, they're in first thing Monday morning, what the hell just happened? And he's like, that's the wrong way around. It should be if you lose a game badly, forget about it, go on the piss, we'll try again next week. If you win a game really well, that's first thing on Monday morning, right? What the hell happened? Why did we win? How did we win? What can we continue to take from this? And I've tried to use that in my own incredibly successful life. <sighs> Just cheer up. And that's what made Coach Mad this week. guys well i think you know we started on a bit of a negative but it just came from a place of love i'm not angry i'm just disappointed i was just a little bit disappointed with that performance because i know that they can be better but there was also a lot of positives 50 points is 50 points a win's a win 
and now we've got a couple of days to wait and then we get to see them live in action at Monigo. I'm so excited. I can't tell you how much I need a bit of sunshine and a touch tournament. And I am fully expecting them to beat Japan. Yeah, I think it's going to be a fun game. I think it's going to be very exciting. Japan's going to come out to win it as well. So of let's course. see. But I think Italy are going to win. We shall see. We might be too knackered. Coach might be in hospital by then after the touch rugby tournament. <laughs> it's a high chance. And on that note... Thank you for listening. We'll be back after the Japan game, as usual. Um, yeah, have a great week, guys. If you're in Treviso this weekend, please let us know. We will be spritzing most of the day after the, the tournament, maybe even during the tournament. Why not? So let us know. We'll see you there. Arrivederci. Ciao. Ciao a tutti. Ciao. Thank you.